here's the deal. Business is business. Wall Street, Main Street. It's all just a bunch of people getting up in the morning trying to figure out how the hell they're going to send their kids to college. It's just people. And I know people. Yeah, well, I'm sure you do. Take you, for instance, Alan. You have a certain energy about you. It's an active kind of energy. I wouldn't be surprised if you drank about 16 Diet Cokes a day. You're an excellent father, but you feel guilty about the time you spend away from home. You drink bourbon, but you offer your client scotch. And your wife decorated this office. <laughs> Certainly seems to have your number. You're a little tougher, Peter. For one thing, you like expensive things. That's easy. You've seen my car. <laughs> You smoke Hoyota Monterey's. You're a Scotchman, single malt. Not because it's trendy, but because you've been doing it for the last 40 years and you like to stay with what works. You have two great loves in your life, your horses and this company. And you're a man who prides himself in finding talent in unusual places. How would you know that? Because I'm here. I'm prepared to do whatever it takes to get this job. I'll start wherever I have to start. I'll park cars if I have to. The biggest part of judging character is knowing yourself, and I know this. I can do this job. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Once again, all the hidden messages in my opening clip and my opening song. You know, uh, our whole our whole first uh, our whole first half of this show is going to be talking a lot about what's going on with DACA. So I thought that that Genesis song, "Illegal Alien," was just it's no fun being an illegal alien. I just thought it was perfect opening as well as, uh, that scene from the family, man, you know, uh, he's describing that guy, Alan, it sounded like me back in the day. Uh, you know, you got kind of a, a nervous energy. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you drank about 16 diet cokes a day. Uh, and I thought that was, imp- uh, kind of, uh, kind of, a uh, appropriate, appropriate based on, all everybody's concerned with how many Diet Cokes that uh, that uh, President Trump drinks. And, of course, uh, you know, I was a single dad at one time. And, uh, I, you know, I, 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 I'm a good dad, but I also felt a little guilty about how much time I worked. And uh, my wife decorates my office as well as uh, our house and everything else because I have no sense of style. But I have my wife. Hey, who dressed you this morning? Did your wife dress yet? Yep. Damn right she did. That's why I look so good. Hey, anyway, uh, we're going to talk about all that stuff today, but we're going to talk about all kinds of more fun stuff, everything that's going on in the country. And, of course, you can hear I'm still uh, sporting that. Uh, I have I have that cold that everybody has voice after uh, this is week four. So, anyway, before we go on, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your direct mortgage lender. Located here in Southern California, 
offices all over the place. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, before the rates go up, you need financing. Call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One more time, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me, but you don't want to talk on the phone because you're uh, calling from work and you're stealing time from your boss and you don't want your neighbor to know your, your personal stuff. Go to WCCLoans.com if your company hasn't blocked it. Um, go to WCCLoans.com on your work computer or your home computer. Uh, all kinds of uh, mortgage information for you there. Uh, but you can click on the Loan Center, click on Apply Now, and uh, give me as much information as you want. Tell me how much information you want back, and uh, you'll hear from myself or one of my, uh, my uh, talented teammates who will uh, help you uh, find the missing puzzle piece to your uh, real estate your real estate financing puzzle help you uh help you find out if you should refinance pay off your bills pay off your cars uh just get a lower rate lower your payment uh shorten your term you know some people go hey you know what uh i have a pretty good rate but uh but uh you know i, I was, and i've got this much time on it hey switch to a 15 year 15 years typically uh you know half a point half a point lower in the interest rate and uh if you've got a, if you got less equity, if you got less time on your on your loan, you don't have to go back to a thirty, and uh, but you could could lower your interest rate a little bit and get rid of that payment sooner. Lots of people that listening to me, I assume, are getting closer to retirement, as I am. Although I don't know if I'll ever retire uh, completely, just because I like what I do and it, I'm so damn good at it. Um, so anyway. Uh, uh, but anyway, if you if you want more if you want information, call us or go on the go on the web. If you hear something you want repeated, edhoffman.net. Go to edhoffman.net. Click on the podcast page. You can hear this show as well as several past shows, and you can listen to them on demand. Or you can also get us on your SoundCloud app or your iTunes app, um, where you can actually subscribe for free. Have it download once a week. We upload it. It downloads into your phone or your computer. Your 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 i your iPhone, your iPad, your mini pad, your maxi pad, your iWatch, your eyeballs, any of that stuff uh, that you listen to podcasts on, and uh, then you can uh, listen to it anytime you want. Uh, follow the show on on uh, social media. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long, some more than others. Uh, Facebook page is facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. And if you want to leave me some comments on the show, the listener hotline is 855-640-2092. And of course, you don't have to call it and tell me how, how wonderful you love, you love me. Although I love those comments. Um, if you got some, if you got a beef, Hey, Ed Hoffman, you're a dummy. Feel free to feel free. I'll, uh, I'll play those on the air as well. Um, before I go on, with me in the with me in the studio this week, as uh, is often Mr. Scott McAfee, uh, owner of uh, Don's Bikes and the second most uh, intelligent uh, uh, political commentator in the country. <laughs> Ed, it's good to be back here kicking it in the house. Yep, we're uh, having some fun. It's also good on my voice when I have you to help. So uh, right, uh, so I could do that. I tried to get you in here last week, but no, I know. You were emceeing some I was, event in Las Vegas. I was emceeing a women's event, which you know that really makes a lot of sense, right? Me emceeing a women's event, but it was actually a lot of fun. Plus, that was the same day that all the the pink hat ladies this were. Was, this marching was actually around. the day before, so this was kind of the conservatives' women's response to the pink hat uh, rally. Well, yes. And how did you end up? You know what? I I've spoken at the the. <laughs> 
Republican women's clubs too. Okay. Um, I go, what am I doing here? Republican women's. And what are all these guys doing in this organization? Right. Well, you know, maybe they're there to meet chicks. Who knows? <laughs> ran in, ran into Scott at the airport as he's getting to take off. We That's were head, true. We were heading up to Northern California. I go, Hey, <laughs> you could have, you could have helped me on the show today. Oh, there's no freaking way that I would have been at the airport on time. I was. Well, you were, yeah, but I had no idea you were going to wrap up that quick. I know. Well, that's what, that was the whole idea. I yep. go faster when you're here. Hey, so before we get into our, our, uh, things, cause our whole first half is talking about the DACA thing, but you know what, uh, this is why Democrats are dumb. This is why Democrats are clueless, because they don't understand how the world works. Florida Congresswoman and former Democrat National Committee uh, Chief Debbie Blabbermouth Schultz joined the House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi on Thursday to ridicule the economic repercussions of the recent tax reform legislation. An audience at Florida Atlantic University witnesses witnessed Ms. Pelosi, I think it's Mrs. Pelosi, double down on uh, this morning on her recent crumb criticism of cash bonuses given out by companies like and crumb criticism oh they're just giving crumbs we're giving big tax relief and they're giving crumbs to the people uh companies like apple at&t boeing comcast disney home depot fiat chrysler southwest airlines verizon walmart and wells fargo the event was sponsored by the the group not one penny including uh, included ms wasserman schultz assertion that 1000 doesn't go very far for anyone and uh and her comments and i quote frankly if you look at the bonuses which i haven't heard of a corporate bonus more than a thousand well uh apple was a thousand to two thousand um more than a thousand lawmakers said uh which by the way is taxed so it's not 1000 then you spread 1000 over the course of the year to think about how much that is of course if they get it all at once but I'm not sure that $1,000, which is tax taxable, go. That I'm not sure that it goes very far for almost anyone. Hey, you know what? Number one, the average income in this country is about 50 grand, and for 50 grand, that's 41.66 a month. That means you take home about $2,800 after taxes. So if you get a $1,000 bonus and you take home 700, that's that's a 20. That's like that's one extra week's pay. Do you think anybody cares about that? And guess what? Well, you know, it's taxable. You know what? That's how the economy works, Debbie Idiot Schultz. Um, that's how the economy works. You cut taxes for corporations. They pass that. They pass some of those profits to their employees, and they create more jobs to create more employees. Those people, those people pay taxes on them, and the money comes back into the to the tax thing. Well, you're su- you're supporting a tax thing that that uh, uh, gets our our deficit a, mi- a billion and a half or a trillion and a half farther in the farther in debt. No, it doesn't because that money goes to these people. They pay taxes on it. It helps those people, and, it's, and it still comes back in taxes. Anyway. Well, what I find ironic, too, is if she's really against the idea of people losing money in taxes, then why don't the Democrats run on a platform of reducing taxes, Ed? The second thing I would also add to that, I don't know about you, 1000 bucks that buys me lunch for like a year, I think. So. Uh, yeah, I would. I don't know about a year, but yeah, probably well, does. Well, I, I eat cheap. It, 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 probably, it does, probably does buy lunch for a year <laughs> for us. I mean, for me, a thousand for me and a thousand for you. We don't get to take our wives because then we take our wives and it's double the price. Plus, you have to add wine and cocktails. And next thing, who knows? I, I was thinking like a couple burritos of pollo loco by myself, but you know, I'll take, I'll just take, Look, I'll take the thousand bucks. I'll take the thousand bucks. Too. Absolutely. But apparently, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, you know what? I always say, hey, why do I want to be in, why would I want to be in government? Because I had to take a cut and pay. Oh, 
Why do people pay a billion dollars to get a job that pays 400000 Oh, because that's not all that you get. Because you get all this other stuff and you get all these people paying you money. And, and I said, but I would go, you know, hey, you got that big plane to fly around? I'd be going, you know what? It's $180,000 an hour to fly that plane. If I was president of the United States, I'd go, why do I need to fly to Colorado to make a speech when I could just walk in the Oval Office and tell the cameras to turn on and make that same make that same speech? I don't understand why we waste all that money. And apparently now that Trump's doing the same thing, and he's and it's and it's bringing attention to the to the uh, fact that we waste too much money. Well, not only that, but I'm pretty sure that Trump donates his salary, right? He doesn't even take a salary. That as well. He donates right. it to uh, and, the military. And it's also true that people that work in the public sector actually earn more than people, on the average, earn more than people in the private sector. So what does that tell you? <clears throat> Ted says uh, private sector's paying too much uh, too much in taxes, otherwise they give everybody raises. Yep. So uh, it's very interesting when you're spending somebody else's money, It's very, you're very liberal to spend it. When you're spending your own money, you... Do it more prudently. So let's talk about let's talk about what's going on. Uh, DACA shut down the uh, shut down the government this week. It's been five days since the government shutdown ended. It was terrible, wasn't it? You know, it really rocked my world, Ed. Am I the only person that doesn't care about a government shutdown? Uh, no, I'm, I'm. I know right. Medved always talks about like this, the worst thing in the world, and I'm just like, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah, it wasn't. It never has been. Although, uh, although it, uh, they tried to make it as as if it was the worst thing in the world. Um, but you know what, as long as we need to pay our people, we need to pay our people that are, that are, that are, uh, fighting for us and protecting us. But you know, a government shutdown, not that big of a deal. Um, unfortunately, some people are still not sure how it all happened. So here's the facts on how we got there. little timeline, uh, event from PolitiFact. So June of 2012, the Obama administration created the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, known as DACA program, would uh, would defer deportation for, quote unquote, the dreamers. This is the dream act. People that came to this country with a dream. Um, you know what? People who was born in this country, they have dreams too. Uh, so dreamers who met certain criteria on renewable two-year basis. This is not a path to citizenship. It is not a permanent fix, Obama said on June 15, 2012. This is a temporary stopgap measure. And then, of course, what that really meant was we're having a we're having a uh, election in just under five months, and we want to make sure that all you illegal aliens and all you uh, Hispanics that want it, want some illegal aliens in here uh, will think that we're the greatest and vote for us on uh, no, in November 2012. Uh, fast forward four years to August 2016, a 10-point immigration plan. Presidential candidate Donald Trump promises to immediately terminate DACA. We will immediately terminate President Obama's two illegal executive amnesty in which he defied federal law and the Constitution to give amnesty to approximately 5 million illegal immigrants, Trump said. Post-election 2016, now President-elect softens his stance and warms up to DACA. And I remember, and I remember him saying a couple of, couple of things. Hey, it's, I talk different when I'm talking in front of 10,000 people than I do when I'm in front of 10 people in a boardroom. And I remember after he got elected saying that um, making decisions once you're sitting behind the oval, the desk in the Oval Office has a different perspective. So, uh, so apparently he got in, uh, he changed his stance. He told Time Magazine that he wanted to work out something that would make people happy and proud. Uh, they, they, were, they got brought here at a young, very young age. They've worked here. They've gone to school here. Some were good, some were good students and some were uh, delinquents. Uh, some have wonderful jobs and they're in Never Neverland because they don't know what's going to happen, Trump said in November. In November, after he got elected, uh, then go to uh, February 2017, just after he got 
got inaugurated, President Trump said DACA was a very, very difficult subject for him, and he wanted to deal with DACA with heart. All right, he's trying to be trying to be a nice guy. Doesn't want to finish last, but he's trying to be a nice guy. September 5th, Attorney General Sessions, Attorney General Jeff Sessions announced that Trump administration will phase out DACA by rejecting any new DACA re, uh, requests filed after that date. Individuals already had DACA, who, who had already registered for DACA, had one more month to apply. Well, who everybody who were part of that group had one more month to, to apply. Hey, it started in 2000, uh, uh, 2012. So that was five years. You have five years to do this. Now we're giving you down to one month. And then he basically said, hey, Congress, get ready to do your job, uh, as Trump tweeted. Um, and it got everybody calling him a racist. And basically he said, hey, you've got six months for the Congress to either make this into a bill, not an executive action, or all bets are off on what we do with them. Uh, and and then all of a sudden everybody's saying that uh, – that, uh, Trump is a Trump is a racist. Got anything to jump in here yet? Oh no, I was just thinking. You know, we're talking about five million of them estimated that are here, and only seven hundred thousand registered to like be officially on this. That tells me there's a lot of lazy illegal aliens in this country. Uh, yeah. Well, it's because no, it's no fun to be an illegal alien. Okay. So uh, then, January 9, thousand eighteen, which was last week, a week and a half ago, during the bipartisan White House meeting on immigration. Everything seemed on track for Republicans and Democrats to reach a deal on DACA and other immigration agenda items. Um, that's where we heard the exchange from Democrat Senator uh, Dianne Feinstein. Well, wait, wait, let me put something into perspective. Trump said, hey, we can deal with DACA, but DACA, I'll make the deal with DACA, providing that we have, we fund the wall, we uh, end uh, chain migration, which is where we approve someone to migrate in, to immigrate into this country, and then we let them bring their whole extended family, their aunts and uncles and kids and parents and grandparents and their next door neighbors and their brothers, uh, their brothers, girlfriends, uh, uh, um, barber, barber. I was looking for some word besides uh, neighbor, um, and no diversity visas where we just pull a random out of the hat. Hey, diversity lottery visa. We just pull. Hey, you get to come to America because you're from Bangladesh, and we don't have anybody here that can that can uh, be a terrorist. Um, so, end the diversity visas, end the chain migration, and build the wall, and then we make a deal for DACA because there's no no sense in making any kind of immigration thing if we don't have that wall up. So technically, they should have built the wall first and then done that. But uh, then. Uh, after they after they had the big thing, remember he called, uh, hey, we're bringing in people from S-hole countries. Uh, S being the short for a word I can't say on the radio. S-hole countries. Uh, we're bringing those people in and everybody went crazy. Then uh, then we're, from, after that, we heard this exchange between Democrat Senator Dianne Feinstein and President Trump. And I don't know how you would feel about this, but I'd like to ask the question. What about a clean DACA bill now? and with a commitment that we go into a comprehensive immigration reform procedure like we did back, or I remember when Kennedy was here, and it was really a major, major effort, and uh, it was a great disappointment that it went nowhere. nowhere. Uh, I have no problem. I, I think that's basically what Dick has said. We're going to come out with DACA, we're going to do DACA, and then we can start immediately on the phase two, which would be comprehensive. Would be yeah, I would like, I would like to do that. 
hey, what she's saying is, hey, uh, why don't we just do DACA now and we'll deal with that wall thing and all that other stuff. We'll deal with that later. Can't we just do that and then we can keep the keep the government going? Okay, here's something. If, if those of you aren't aware of this, I'm going to say something that may, may shock you, but Democrats don't want a wall. They don't want border security, okay? The reason she would ask for a, quote, clean DACA bill is so they can legalize all these people, get their voters in place, and then and then punt the wall thing down the, down the road forever. Uh, if you leave it up to the Democrats, it's never going to happen. The other comment is, what country shuts their government down for illegal aliens in that country? Show me what other country does that. Yeah, exactly. Hey, let's not pay our military. Let's not pay our police. Our, uh, well, police aren't federal, but... Um, all our, all our federal workers, let's, let's just shut down the government because we're trying to protect illegal aliens. Well, one question that hasn't been asked that I haven't heard asked, what does Mexico do with their dreamers? Right. Cause there's gotta be people in Mexico, like in the same situation. They came into that country as minors. They're not there legally. I want to know what Mexico does with them. What do you think? Um, I think they don't let them in. Probably not. Say, so, Hey, if you're an I don't need. Why would anybody want to go to Mexico? I guess if they live in well, Gu- if you live Guatemala. in El Salvador, it's a step yeah. up the rung, the ladder. Yeah, that's true. That is true. So uh, two days later, after this dumb thing, hey, uh, the guy who does the art of the deal, what if we just do it like this? And Trump just kind of goes, yeah, we can do do DACA. We'll do we can do other stuff. You know, make it more detailed later. But he's not doing nothing without without the wall and the chain migration. And the uh, visa lottery system over. Uh, two days later, there's a closed door meeting between the same group of Democrats and Republicans, uh, where Senator Dick Durbin alleges. Oh, okay, I guess I got ahead of myself. So that's that's where the two days later is when the asshole countries came in. Uh, then all oh, the big crazy chaos about how how dare Trump call some places uh, assholes uh, because they are. Um, then January fifteenth, this is last week. Uh, Trump tweets. Senator Dickie Durbin totally misrepresented what was said in the DACA meeting. Deals can't get made when there's no trust. You know, like the trust of, hey, this is a closed door meeting. Let's have open dialogue. Let's speak from our hearts. Let's talk like that. And then uh, keep it like that. And uh, Durbin blew DACA and it's hurting our military. Uh, The next three days, Senate Democrats demanded a solution for the Dreamers in exchange for their votes on another bill that would keep the government running. So they're trying to get this big bill. The the government uh, funding source is about to run out. They have to have to get this thing approved. And if they can't get the whole thing approved and uh, put into the budget, then uh, they don't get then we we have to stop. We run out of money. So uh, then they the Democrats uh, demand a solution before they would. Uh, vote on the continuing resolution. So everyone says, hey, if we can't get this mopped up now, let's just get a continuing revolution resolution to keep everybody funded for a couple of weeks while we're finishing it. When the Senate took up the House measure that excluded the deal for the Dreamers, many Democrats rejected it, failed the bill fit with a failed bill to keep the government open. The next day, government enters the shutdown. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, you know, once again, shutdown, not a big deal. And I keep thinking to myself, well, a shutdown wouldn't be so bad because we're $20 trillion in the hole, so maybe we'll save some money. But we don't. Uh, all those people still get paid anyways, even if they're not working. It's almost like they're just getting a vacation. Um, you know, your your thoughts? My thoughts are uh, my thoughts are they shouldn't get paid. I think, uh, first and foremost, the Congress and the Senate shouldn't get paid if they don't do their jobs. And I think uh, all the grandstanding over the next day, uh, January 20th specifically, we heard we heard Schumer talk about uh, how 
Trump wouldn't take yes for an answer. We gave him everything he wanted. We gave him the wall. We gave him the extra money for the military. We gave him everything. And after he saw the, saw the, we gave him the thing. And then a couple hours later, he said, nope, it's not good enough. Well, the difference between a businessman and a politician, you uh, you have the discussion and then say, hey, okay, I'm good with that. Let me just read all these papers. Trump reads all the papers or has somebody in his staff read the papers and say, wait a minute. He's giving you the wall. He's giving you an authorization for a wall. They've had the authorization. They need an appropriation for the wall. And otherwise they say, well, we gave you authorization. You get the wall. You get to put the wall up. Except for without the appropriation to, to spend the money on it, they don't have any money to do it. So he's trying to play He's trying to play some sneaky uh, sneaky paperwork trips, uh, tricks. And uh, I loved how Mick Mulvaney explained, hey, you know what? This is not right. So, hey, businessmen, actually read the papers before they sign. And and I have the solution to all of this. We can crowdfund the money for the wall. You and I could do it. It'll take us about a week. I know. And, uh, you know, we do a big telethon. Do do a uh, crowdfund. I want a big wholesale capital corporation and Don's bike sign on the wall. Go fund me. Exactly. Hey, we're out of of time for part one of the main event. Hang loose for uh, five minutes of commercials and weather and traffic. And we'll be right back with part two. Welcome to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. Don't talk about uh, mortgages or real estate financing on the uh, on the radio very often because it's just not as interesting as talking politics and talking what we're going on and trying to give you guys some some common sense on how to look at things going on because I know that it's a soundbite world in the the fake news uh, media out there if if you don't i mean even even some of the stuff on fox you got to take with a little grain of salt because they uh they try to be fair and balanced and they let people like juan williams and uh some other morons on some what geraldo yeah geraldo (laughs) yeah you know uh we were in uh scott and scott and his wife and me and don were in uh washington dc for uh inauguration last year and uh we were in the hotel lobby and there was a people, a group of people in a private room with a little curtain around, curtain separating that you could see right through. And it was uh, Sean Hannity and uh, Eric Bowling and Geraldo and who else was in there? Uh, uh, Oliver North was in there. And, uh, I don't remember who else, uh, but, and their, and their wives are having, they're having dinner and all that. And when they came out, came out, we, you know, we had a chance to get some pictures with, with some of them. And, uh, you know, I remember Geraldo standing there like, don't anybody want to have a picture with me? No. What's funny, we've got the same, remember Wolf Blitzer was the same thing. Wolf's kind of like, anybody want a picture with me? Hey, what's up, Wolf? And we just kept walking. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> we yeah. don't need your picture, Wolf. Don't you, don't you want to meet me, shake my hand, do anything? Nope. <laughs> I was just acknowledging that I recognize you. It'd make you feel good. <laughs> but that's where it ends. I have Democrat friends that I try to be nice to. Um, I don't ever agree with them, and I'm certainly not going to uh, avoid a avoid an argument just so they don't feel bad. Hey, you shouldn't talk politics and religion starts fights. Well, if you don't talk politics and religion with stupid people, um, how are they ever going to get smart? That's how I see it anyway. So we were talking about the DACA thing and the, the government shutdown. We got all the way up to last weekend uh, where all the rhetoric was going on about who, who caused the shutdown. Um, and we all know it was the Democrats because they're idiots. Um, and uh, on Monday, Senator Chuck Schumer said that if there was if there was a commitment 
From Republican leadership to reach an agreement by February 8th, the Senate would immediately proceed to consider DACA-related legislation. What the hell does that mean? I don't know. Okay, so, well, if there was a commitment to reach an agreement, then we would consider it. Well, isn't that how you get to an agreement? You consider it. You know what? Chuck Schumer is a moron. In a procedural vote, the Senate voted 81-18 to end the shutdown and reopen the government. And I think that was mostly because... If you were looking at social media, there was so much going on about the government shutdown. And why are we not paying our military guys in favor of illegal aliens? I think there, the pressure was heavy on that one. That does uh, not make any, make any sense, does it? Uh, so then uh, the next day, after the White House and Republicans spent the past week calling the debacle the Schumer shutdown, well, actually, the, the Republicans called it Schumer shutdown and the Democrats were trying to call it the Trump shutdown, Democrats blasted uh, Schumer for caving to the Republicans to end the shutdown. Minority leader, Chuck, Minority leader Chuck Schumer attempts to take the focus off himself and shift it to the Republicans, specifically Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Is there a guarantee that McConnell keeps his word? No, but we're going to hold his feet to the fire. And everyone in your audience who cares about dreamers should focus on McConnell. That's what we all agreed to today. Democrats are all for dreamers. And to get in a circular firing squad and shoot at Democrats when we don't have the power and we have to use the limited power we have in as strategic a way as we can, uh, that's what makes sense, focusing on the Republicans. You know, I will say one thing about this shutdown. It was a pretty weak shutdown, Ed. What was it, like a couple days? And that's not much of a shutdown, really, is it? Exactly. But you <laughs> remember, pretty lame. If you're going to do it, do it right, for God's sakes. Remember in 2013 when they shut it down, Obama wanted to make it big. And they actually put a, even uh, metal barriers chained together with chains and locks around the World War II Memorial. Which, if you've never been to Washington, D.C., the World War II Memorial does not need to be open or closed it's just a uh, concrete and marble and uh, and and water. Yeah, just like in a little area, you know. Um, which, of course, the, the thing is, look, you would think that the Democrat, if they do consider this whole DACA thing a problem, doesn't it make sense just to put up a wall and stop the problem? I would think. Yeah. You know what? Uh, my my buddy uh, Newt Gingrich, he said if he was elected president back in 2012, he said I'll have I'll have the the wall built in one year, and then we can talk about. Immigration reform. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense to talk about immigration reform until that wall's up. So, that, okay, hey, now we now we have everybody who's here is here. Everybody who's not here is here. Now we can discuss who we're taking out and who we're going to let in. And we can have actually make something work. Um, and while we're talking about the wall, uh, the former president Vince, uh, from of Mexico, Vincente Fox, had something to say about it on Hannity this week. You're not against the wall. It's good if you want to build a wall. What we're against is Mexico paying for that <laughs> wall. Who came with that stupid idea of, of making Mexico pay for the wall? Oh, yeah. Who came up with that stupid idea? A business guy that knows that when we, uh, when we start making America first, that Mexico is going to le- lose a lot of trade and a lot of business and a lot of taxes that they get. And a lot of money that they get because all that all that business coming back to America and putting that wall up, the money that we are we're losing before is coming back to the United States and far by far outpaced the uh, cost of the wall. And the wall is a one time one time expense. Right. But it saves us billions later on because we're not paying for health care coverage. We're not paying for incarceration or education for people that have no business being in this country. Ed. And it's uh, and it goes on 
billions a year saving us. Exactly. So uh, there's an update on Thursday. The White House will present a new immigration framework to Congress next week, stating President Trump would sign an immigration bill that includes 10 to 12 year path to citizenship for dreamers who meet the requirements for work, education, and good moral character in exchange for $20 billion in funds for the construction of the wall. Significant cuts in family-based chain migration and an extra $5 billion in border security measures and an end to the visa lottery system. So basically the same thing. Somehow 800,000 went to to uh, 1.8 million. So they added a million people in there because who knows, who knows how many people this really is. Well, that's the thing. And I keep hearing about all these figures of people that are, you know, coming, that are here illegally now or people, oh, the immigration, illegal immigration is down significantly. How the hell do we know? No, no. How can you count people that are here illegally, for one thing? How can you tell how many people are coming in this year versus last year versus five years ago? We, we have no way of knowing. We really don't know. So... Uh, you know, look, and, and I blame presidents from Reagan on down. I know people on the right love to say what a great president Reagan was. And in many respects, he was. But but he legalized millions of people here that had no business being here. And that set the precedent for what we're dealing with right now. Uh, that is correct. That was uh, that was probably miscalculated. He probably could have built a wall first and then done that. But they but he didn't. And neither did Carter and neither did Bush one and Bush two. Neither did Clinton. None of them have dealt with this problem. But yet. they but they all talk about it. We have uh, clips from every single one of them talking yep. about uh, illegal immigration. And um, and in addition to that, uh, something I was you know, what uh, is they're talking about a pathway to citizenship. I'm absolutely say no pathway to citizenship. Nope. And hopefully that gets changed. I don't have a problem with them getting legal to stay here. Hey, pay your taxes, do this, do that, prove that you're, that you're good. And, uh, then as long as you don't break the law, you don't have to, you don't have to be deported. But, um, citizenship means you get to vote. And I just don't think those people should, Hey, you broke the law to get here. We're going to, we're going to give you a one-time, uh, uh, get out of jail free card, but, Votes. I wonder if the I wonder if the Democrats would be so pro DACA if they were all if they all tended to vote Republican. They would be deported tomorrow, Ed. I would agree with. Yes. I would agree with that. So uh, let's go on. Let's go on. Uh, every week, there's more evidence proving the FBI harbored a bias against Trump so strong that people were willing to look the other way on the intelligence community conspiracy to keep him from winning the 2016 election and or figure out how to get him impeached. That was a long sentence. Uh, this week's revelation started Monday after the FBI released numerous texts between anti-Trump FBI officials, Peter, St- I know his name is Strzok, but I'd rather call him Stroke, uh, <laughs> Peter Stroke and uh, his uh, his uh, girly girl, uh, Lisa Page. Remember, Stroke was kicked off the, the Mueller uh, investigation for his anti-Trump bias. And uh, to his uh, mistress, Paige, if she's a mistress, does that mean he's married and this is some chick he's doing? Uh, yes. According to Brooke, he is married. And yes, this is just, and that's got to be kind of embarrassing for her, you know, being thrown all over the place as his mistress. I, I, I'm surprised we haven't seen Mrs. Stroke on TV. Right. Say, hey, are you Mrs. Stroke? Not anymore. I'm not. Maybe she's a, one of them stand by your man kind of people like like Hillary Clinton. Yep. I can't get to be president if I don't stand by this guy because I don't have no charisma without him. So anyway, uh, there's this week. Uh, um, so, so Monday, Republican Congressman Trey Gowdy said he'd seen a text between Page and Stroke uh, dated November 9th, the day after the election, uh, that said, perhaps this is the first the first meeting of the secret society. Here's what he's talking about. 
What's also troubling to me is this text that Johnny Radcliffe found last night about this secret society. Now, I have no clue what that means because that was not the phraseology I used, but it's the day after the election, and it's the same two people that were discussing a little bit later in the text the damage they had done with the Clinton inv investigation and how they could, quote, fix it and make it right. <laughs> that is a level of bias that is stunning. Yeah, I think uh, I think by the time this thing gets all out in the open, I th I bet you it's going to go all the way to Obama. Well, there's a lot that's going to come out, um, and obviously that memo is supposed to be released. I don't know, maybe hopefully before the end of the month. Um, but I think it's pretty obvious that a lot of these people within the FBI were pretty much banking on the fact that Hillary Clinton was going to be the president, and none of this stuff was going to come to light. Uh, correct, and uh, and that's that's what I that's what I had said many times before the election. Say. They're worried about him getting in there and go and seeing all seeing all the evidence going, you guys are doing what? How do you how do you how do you do this? Kind of like a uh, oh, we could have used a scene from the movie Dave when uh, Charles Grodin goes in there. His accountant comes in to look at the books when Dave's acting as president. He goes, how do you run a how do you run a country like this? You couldn't run a business like this. I should have clipped that one. I should have been ready. Um, so naturally, everybody wants information on the secret society. Fox's Bill Hammer pressed uh, Senator Ron Johnson of the Intelligence Committee for more information. I have heard, you know, fr from somebody who has talked to our committee that uh, there is a group of individuals within the FBI that was hold they were holding secret offsite meetings. Is that half a dozen? What's the number? Uh, again, I, I can't I can't really put a, a number on it right now, but more than just Strzok and Page. Yeah, how how you can't really can't really know because he's just hearing people. People are but. Right. I mean, the big concern here is obviously that the FBI is being used as a political weapon, as was the IRS. So uh, the beauty of having Trump there is he now controls those levers. You know, he controls the FBI, the Department of Justice, the CIA. So I think we are going to get to the bottom of it. And it's going to be a very interesting year, and I you, think, as it unfolds. And when you think about it, FBI, their whole their whole business day is a series of secret meetings. If you had... Think about this, your bike shop. How many employees you got there? About 20. So you got 20 employees. Would you be concerned if all 20 of them got together after, hey, well, let's, we're all going to get together after work and meet at McDonald's? Um, I would find that a little disconcerting, yes. Yes. You know, it's one thing. It's one thing. I've got, I've got 100 and, I don't know, 125 employees. So uh, let's just say at, at, uh, at our office in Moreno Valley, we have probably, I don't know, 80 60 somewhere in there if 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 everybody got together at and went to a bar and it was having drinks i wouldn't i would be less concerned than if there's like just 10 of them just 10 of them hey we're all gonna get to you know and i know i know the groups that that hang out and i know there's i i know that there's some of them that get together and and go to cocktails on friday nights okay i don't have a problem with that but you know they're all they're all meeting at a certain place let's all talk don't tell yeah, and that's one thing, but let's not lose sight of the tr side of the fact that these are government employees that we're paying for. We're paying for these people to protect us uh, from 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 terrorism and, and other such things. And the fact they've got all this this junk going on on the side should be really concerning to a lot of people. I know it's concerning to me, although it's it's really now we're seeing how corrupt our how corrupt our government is that we all kind of go, eh, that that 
you know, you think this could happen, but eh, I don't think so. I don't really think people are like that. They work for the government. They're probably be, doing an honorable job. We'll find out there's a lot of dishonorable people. Um, next, it was revealed that the Department of Justice lost, quote unquote, lost 500 other texts between Stroke and Page. Um, you know, they lost 500, 500 texts um, that came up, you know, but right after the election to about five minutes later, five months later. Um Funny, they also lost the IRS uh, emails as well from Lois Lerner. It's interesting how these things seem to be getting lost, Ed. Kind of like that 18 and a half minutes on the on the Watergate tapes, too, that yeah, they the lost. Yeah, 30,000 Clinton emails. I'm seeing a pattern here, uh, Ed. So, so am I. Mm. President Trump was asked about this by reporters on Wednesday. I do worry when I look at all of the things that you people don't report about with what's happening. If you take a look at, you know, the five months worth of missing texts, that's a lot of missing texts. And as I said yesterday, that's prime time. So you do sort of look at that and say, what's going on? Mm -hmm. uh, you do look at certain texts where they talk about insurance policies or insurance, where they say the kinds of things they're saying. You've got to be concerned. Yeah, he's talking about insurance policies when... Uh... When Stroke and his uh, girlfriend were talking about, hey, we can't let Trump win the election, and just in just in case, we better have an insurance policy. So that's what he's talking about there. Um, then magically, we find out Thursday morning that the Justice Department managed to recover some of these texts in a letter sent to congressional committees. Justice Department Inspector General Michael Horowitz said his office succeeded in using forensic tools to recover text messages from FBI devices, including text messages between Stroke and Ms. Page that were sent or received between December 14th, 2016 and May 17th, 2017. Peculiar. Yeah, you know, I just wonder if uh, if Stroke and Page are kind of like pooping their pants right now and uh, knowing that this stuff is going to be come out to light. Now, and look, I think people realize members of the FBI are human beings and they have their opinions and they're going to vote the way they're going to vote and that's okay but it's not okay to be putting together these covert operations designed to either influence an election or to undermine one that's already happened and it gets worse from there it gets worse from there than not just the fact that uh, they have opinions one of the recovered texts between Stroke and Page on July 1st 2016. Remember July 1st, 2016? Remember it I, well, Ed. I don't, but I remember July <laughs> 2nd and 3rd and 4th. I was in Philadelphia for my niece's uh for my niece's wedding and I was texting my sister, uh the mother of the bride, who is a uh, very democrat and uh and we don't see eye to eye politically at all. And I said, "Hey, you know what? Uh Clinton Hillary Clinton's dirty. I can't wait to see what happens here with this <laughs> while they're interviewing her." But the day before they interviewed her, the day before, one of the recovered texts referenced then Attorney General Loretta Lynch's decision to accept FBI's conclusion in the Clinton investigation. Lynch's announcement came days after it was revealed that the Attorney General and former President Clinton had an impromptu meeting aboard her plane in Phoenix. And uh, Stroke text to Page, timing looks like hell. And she texts back. Yeah, that's awful timing. It's real profound courage that she knows no charges will be brought. How did they do that on July 1st when the FBI hadn't even talked to Clinton until the next day? Yeah, interesting, Ed. It kind of smells. Um, so, you know, once again, they felt they could get away with this because, oh, Clinton's going to win. Not a problem. We, we can send these little messages to back and forth to one another. Nobody's ever going to see it. Oh, and matter of fact, I'm I'm off on the I'm off on the day Hillary mm. was interviewed. It was on Fourth of July. Oh, um, so 
That's a great thing to do on the 4th of July is have the FBI show up to your house. And, <laughs> um, but the announcement was uh, made by James Comey. It was not made on by James Comey until the 5th. This happened on the, on the 1st. So the only defense liberals have had have on this uh, is to talk about how Stroke and Page were just two low, low-level uh, FBI employees who were not high enough to have any involvement in any kind of deep state conspiracy. Let's hear from Ron Johnson again. Understand, Strzok and Page were very high level within the FBI. I mean, Peter Strzok's title was FBI Deputy Assistant Director of the Counterintelligence Division. These aren't low-level underlings. These are individuals that had access to the highest level, including the director of the FBI. And then uh, John Ratcliffe of the House Judiciary Committee connects the dots right back to the head of the FBI at the time, James Comey. He said that no decision was made to charge Hillary Clinton or to not charge her with uh, mishandling classified information until after her July 2nd, 2016 interview with the FBI. The problem is these texts uh, indicate that Page and Strzok and Lynch and virtually every member of the mid-year exam team knew days, weeks, and in some cases months before that she wasn't going to be charged. And that's simply inconsistent uh, with the testimony that he gave under oath. If all the folks working for the director knew that she wasn't going to be charged, I think the director had to know. Bam. Well, you can't say that Stroke was some low-level employee because he was both on the Clinton email investigation as well as on the Russian-Trump collusion investigation. That's a fairly high-level position, I would think, Ed. Yep, and I think about when uh, they're talking about um, Trump talking under oath to uh, to Robert Mueller. Um, this interview that the FBI had on July 4th, which was months after they decided that they weren't going to charge her with anything, they don't have any recording of it. They don't have any transcripts of it. They, so they go over and they go over to to uh, to to Hillary Clinton's having house and have some tea and scrumpets. Apparently, yeah, because nothing came out of it, and they all knew nothing was going to come out of it. So, and of course, uh, they they we we know we already know from other investigations that uh, the exoneration speech started on Comey's uh, was initiated on Comey's computer in May. And uh, and then we know about Stroke was the one who told him to change uh, to extreme carelessness. But what's the gro- oh, gross negligence? Gross negligence. He was going to say gross negligence, which is a crime. Uh, hey, change that to extreme to extreme carelessness. That was Stroke that, that that had that language put in there. So we know we know all this stuff was was uh, was uh, uh, eased up, was softened up to make it to make it easy, so they could say, well, there's no reason to charge charge Hillary Clinton anything because. The Clintons are above the law. And if you've been watching any news this week, you know Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee are on the verge of defying the, de- the Department of Justice and voting to release the classified memo uh, that will prove absolutely the FBI was involved in trying to sink the Trump campaign. On social media, there's a, this is what's trending as, as hashtag release the memo. The committee uh, may vote next week on releasing the memo, and then we're going to know Everything we're gonna know everything. Of course, it's it's just a, it's a memo put out by uh, Devin Nunes outlining everything that they know, and uh, so they're trying to say, hey, well, this memo is just written by a Republican, so what could it mean? But it's got a bunch of information apparently, allegedly that that is not hasn't been clear in the news yet. So uh, 
It's ugly. Yeah, final comment on that. I know that a lot of people, a lot of congressional people have been saying this this is going to be earth shattering. And there's, I mean, hopefully they're not overhyping this thing. This better be good. Uh, They're saying that this is going to completely change the way we view government. It's going to name names. It's going to be pretty, um, uh, it's going to reveal a lot of crazy stuff. It's going to be ugly. I think... uh I think uh, that there's probably a lot of people uh, like Hillary and Bill. Uh, Hillary, Bob, probably Bill. Bill doesn't care if Hillary goes to jail. Just <laughs> That'd leaves, be a relief for Bill. Le- leaves him open to just uh, party with his chicks all the time. But uh, Hillary and uh, uh, Uba, Uba Wiener, uh, Aberdeen <laughs> should uh, be worried about it. And I think even uh, 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 Barack and St. Obama should is probably him and uh, him and Loretta Lynch and Eric Holder. I bet you there's a lot of people that are that are uh, a little concerned about what their future may hold if this goes goes too much farther. Hey, let's talk about something that uh, uh, is probably some good news, and because it's good news, we haven't heard about it in the news very much. Uh, weekend strike in Syria took out 150 ISIS terrorists. Um, uh, U.S.-led coalition fighting ISIS killed approximately 150 ISIS fighters in the Saturday airstrike. Colonel Ryan Dillon, a spokesman for the coalition, told CNN Tuesday, target strike on ISIS headquarters and command and control center, uh, adding the strike involved over a week's worth of intelligence, work involving multiple kinds of coalition intelligence, as well as information from U.S.-backed Syrian Democratic forces fighting in fighting ISIS on the ground. A statement from the coalition said the location was exclusively occupied by ISIS fighters and was under constant surveillance, ruling out the possibility of civilian casualties. Dylan said the strike took place in a Syrian town of Ashafa. It sounds like <laughs> sounds like a anger management. Guzfraba. Located in the middle of the Euphrates River River Valley. You know where that area is? Yeah, I've been there many times. Ed. Yeah, me too. We used to have very vacation there as kids. Nice. Uh, an area where remnants of ISIS continue to operate. U.S. military said the strike was carried out by a U.S. Navy F-A-18 jet. Uh, by, by U.S. Navy F-18 jets. And an unmanned drone aircraft. The aircraft carrier U.S. USS Teddy Roosevelt is currently operating in the Gulf to support the strikes against Syria, uh, ISIS in Syria. What a great, what great news! It was great. You know, that's 150 less dirt bags that potentially can kill us. So I think that's great news. You don't hear a whole lot about ISIS anymore, Ed. You know, I, no, because we got Mad Dog Mattis uh, kicking their butt. That definitely helps. I mean, obviously the ideology is still alive and well, but at least that's uh, 150 less we got to worry about. Do we leave anything unsaid this week? Not that I can think of, Ed. And we'll think of some more stuff for next week. Hey, folks, thanks for listening to the main event. We're all out of time. My name's Ed Hoffman, and that guy over there is Scott McAfee, and we'll be back again with you next week. Content in this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 01147747 and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB Number 096199.